chapter 1, verse 6. It says there, So when they had come together, they asked him, speaking of Christ, speaking of Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, when he had spoken these things, while they looked, he was taken up, and a cloud received him from their sight. While they looked intently toward heaven as he ascended, suddenly two men stood by them in white garments. They said, men of Galilee, why stand looking toward heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you to heaven, will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You know, as I was thinking about what to share on, thinking about the Christmas season, it kind of spoke to my heart, or it just kind of settled in my heart. The fact that Jesus came the first time tells us that he's coming a second time. And today I want to speak really on the subject of the second coming of Christ. Um, and I want to just talk on this uh, really because we look and we celebrate the first coming. We celebrate the Christmas season. We celebrate him coming to the earth to become the Savior and King and Lord. But I want us to understand today that with the same assurance that we celebrate his first coming, that same assurance can be looking forward to his second coming. You know, it's interesting when we look at the comparison between the two, and we'll get to Revelation 19 in a couple of moments. But in his first coming, Jesus came to earth as a newborn babe born in a manger in Bethlehem. At his second coming, he will defeat the Antichrist, he will destroy evil, and he, he will establish himself as the king of the earth. When he first came, he died to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. At his second coming, he will come as judge. In his first coming, he came and he rode a, a donkey. He walked in a place of humility and rode a donkey. In his second coming, he will come riding a great white horse, coming in glory. When he came the first time, the government remained in the hands of Herod and the kings and even Caesar. During his second coming, the government will be placed in his hands and placed upon his shoulders. In his first coming, Christ was killed by his enemies and suffered as a humble servant. In his second coming, Jesus will have dominion over all the nations. He will gather all things in heaven and earth under his rule. Death will be no more. There will be no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. All the former things will have passed away. In his first coming, there was no room for him in the world. There was even no room for him in the inn, as it says. When he comes the second time, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. At his first coming, the star announced the birth of this king, and the wise men followed the star that led to baby Jesus. During his second coming, the moon will not give its light the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. 
In his first coming, Jesus received blasphemous, false accusations from the world. He was denied, he was abandoned, he was mocked, he was arrested, and he's bound. In his second coming, he will come as judge, and he will, he will judge the living and the dead. He will destroy sin and death, and he will punish the wicked and Satan. In the first coming, he was scourged. He was put, a, put a, a crown of thorns was put on his head, and he was nailed to the cross and crucified. During his second coming, he will wear a crown of victory. In his first coming, Jesus didn't say a, work as he, a word as he was mocked. He didn't say a word as he was crucified. In his second coming, he will come with a word like a two-edged sword coming from, from out of his mouth. In his first coming, or before his first coming, it says there that it, it, will be like, or it was like the days of Noah. People were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand the flood came and took them away. And it says that it will happen that way. In, this, in the second coming as well, before his second coming, everything will be as normal or as normal as in the days of Noah. In the first coming, only a few will know of, knew of his arrival. In the second coming, when Jesus is coming for the second time, with the clouds, every eye will see him. I want to encourage us today that Jesus is coming again. We look at the state of our world, we look at the state of our government, we look at the state of our community and society, we look at all of these things, and we, I know that at times we can, be, we can be worried, we can be walking in a place of anxiety, we can walk, walk in a place of anxiousness regarding it all, but I want us to understand this morning that he came the first time, and just as we know and celebrate he is coming the first time, we can know and celebrate that he is coming again. And so today I want to talk about, uh, from that context, his second coming, what it'll look like, what will happen. And that's why I asked you to turn to Revelation chapter 19. There'll be some other verses, but this is the main passage this morning. Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21. It speaks of this time. Revelation 19, verse 11 says this, I saw heaven opened. And there was a white horse. He who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written that no one knows but he himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. The armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Out of his mouth proceeds a sharp sword, which he may, with, with which he may strike the nations. He shall rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the furry and the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice to all the birds flying in the midst of heaven. Come and gather for the supper of the great God to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of commanders, the flesh of strong men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. 
Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered to wage war against him, who sat on the horse and against his army. But the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with brimstone. The remnant that were slain with the sword which proceeded out of the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds gorged themselves with their flesh. There is a time when Christ will return and he will judge his enemies. It will be the end of Satan's deception. It will be the end of Satan's rule and God will set up where Jesus will set up his kingdom on this earth that will last for a thousand years. Some people wonder sometimes, can we be sure that Jesus is coming back? I want us to understand this morning that it is one of the most clearly stated events that will take place. Jesus is coming again. It is emphasized throughout Scripture after Scripture after Scripture. Let me just read to you some passages that speak to it. You can mark these down if you want to look them up later, but there are, there are tens and even hundreds of other passages that you could look at. But one of them is Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. It says there, Look, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 says, As we await the blessed hope and the peering of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, verse 31 says there, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and the whole angels with him, then he shall sit on the throne of his glory. I read or I've talked about this before, but let me just read this passage of Scripture. Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. You and I this morning can be assured that Jesus is coming again. You and I can be assured this morning that God is in control of everything that is happening today. You and I can be assured today that God will fulfill his plan and purpose in our lives, but also in the life of this world. We can look out today and we can think that the enemies of this world, we can think today that the devil, we can think that politicians are all in control, but I want you to understand today that God has his own timetable time and that God is working behind the scenes. We may not see it all the time, but God is at work and what he says will come to pass. And when he says that I am coming again, understand today that he will come again. One of the reasons that we're seeing the things happening in our world today is because the enemy is trying to bring destruction to our lives. The enemy is trying to bring destruction to humanity because he knows that his time is short. Jesus is coming again. I want to answer some questions as we look at that. How will Jesus return in his second coming? First of all, I want us to understand this morning that Jesus will come in person. 
Jesus will not send someone on his behalf. He himself is going to return. The Bible, and we read it, says there, when, he, when, the, when the men or the two men in, in white stood, they said, men of Galilee, why stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. There is coming a day when the world is going to see the king of kings return. It was maybe a few hundred men saw him go to heaven in, the, in this ascension story from Acts. But I want us to understand, when Jesus comes again, the world is going to know. The world is going to know that he's coming back, and he's coming back in person. Jesus will come literally. The coming of Jesus Christ is not just some, it's not a spiritual or a symbolic event. It is a spiritual activity, yes, but Jesus is going to come literally in the flesh, so to speak, in his body. Just as he left, he is going to come back. He's going to come back liberally, literally. Jesus will come visibly. He will not come back disguised. His coming will be visible to all the world. This is kind of one of those differences between the rapture and the second coming, and I'm not going to get into it this morning too much, but there is, there is a distinct difference between the rapture, which is the removal of the church from the earth, and the second coming. They are not the same event. In the rapture, nobody's going to see it really take place. It's going to be just, boom, it's done. But the second coming will be open and visible to all. We read it already. Revelation 1-7, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Luke 21-27, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. I kind of, you know, one part of me, like, okay, I want to go with the rapture, all right? Like, Amen. But another part of me is like, God, can I get like get down to the earth before, like, like you know, about five minutes before, so that I can set up and watch you come? I'd like to see it from the other side as well. Or is it just me? You know, it's kind of cool. The Bible says everyone will see him. How that will happen, I don't know. But the world will see him coming. That's possible, yes, technology. Jesus will come suddenly. The second coming of Jesus will be abrupt. It won't occur over a long period of time or stages. It'll happen quickly. Jesus will come dramatically and in great glory. Spectacular signs in the heavens will attend Jesus' coming. There will be a sign in the heavens, a star. Well, in this first one, we know there was a sign in the heavens, a star. But understand the Bible says in Matthew 24 and 39, or 29 uh, to 30, it says that immediately after the tribulation of these days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Can you imagine what that day will look like? 
when the very stars, when the very moons, when the very things that we see in the universe today, when there's going to be probably asteroids and comets and all of these different celestial bodies that we look into the sky and we see them when we look up at night, all of these things, they themselves are going to be reacting to the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes, you know, I like to watch some of these disaster movies that are on, you know, you know about the end of the world. Ever watch those things? I watch them. Usually because, like, funny to me. Um, you know, but it also shows a little bit of uh, uh, that, that there's, a, there's, there's an understanding somewhere that there's coming an end. Okay? Um, but I look at those things and I say, the things that they portray in those movies are not even going to be close. Things that are going to happen when Jesus. Jesus will come back dramatically in great glory. Jesus will come back in, vic in victory. Jesus will return as king of kings. He is coming back to conquer. His victory is sure. He has already won. The Bible says that the armies of the earth will be assembled to meet him. Yet the Bible also says there's going to be no struggle. All Jesus will do is speak the word and it will be all over. Let me just read it for you again. Revelation 19, 19 to 21. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. The funny thing is Christ doesn't need an army. He brings an army, but he doesn't need an army. Because he's, it says there that they were slain with the sword which proceeded out of the mouth of him who sat on the horse. The second coming will be so spectacular that it's hard for us, and you, for you and I, to imagine. Nothing this world has ever seen could ever come close to what this, this day is going to look like. But we can rest assured this morning that it will happen just the way God has laid it out. We can know today that God will accomplish his plan and purpose. Some people wonder, where will Jesus return in the second coming? Here's what I believe. The Bible says that when Jesus returns the earth, to the earth, every eye will see him. The entire world will witness his coming. But he has to put his foot down somewhere. And I believe that the Bible indicates that Jesus will return to earth from the very same spot he left the earth, and that is the Mount of Olives. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4, it says there on that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is to the east of Jerusalem. And from the east to the west, the Mount of Olives will be split in two halves by a great valley so that one half moves to the north and the other to the south. We also know that there are prophetic ideas that we see in Scripture when Jesus delivered his great prophetic talk or, or, or discussion with the disciples in, in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. He spoke these things from the Mount of Olives. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he ascended to heaven from the Mount of Olives. And the angel said that he would return just as he had left. 
I mean, that can mean that he returns in the same manner, but I also believe that it gives an idea of where he'll return. I believe that when Jesus Christ comes back, that you will see him standing on the Mount of Olives. He will come back, and that will be the first place that he, he puts his foot or his feet to the ground, so to speak. Who are the armies that Jesus will return with? He re Jesus returns to destroy the Antichrist, to judge the nations, and to establish his glorious kingdom. And it says that he's accompanied with a great multitude. I believe that the mighty army will be made up of angels. I believe that it will be also made up of you and I, the church. All who've been raptured to heaven before the great tribulation will return with Jesus Christ. Zechariah 14 verse 5 says there, Then the Lord my God will come and all his holy ones with him. Matthew 25 and 31 says there, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. Jude 1.14 says there, Enoch, the seventh generation from Adam, also prophesied of these men, saying, Look, the Lord is coming with 10,000 of his holy ones. Revelation 19.14, which we read, The armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. I believe that you and I will be participating in his second coming. We will be following the King of Kings. We will be following our Lord into the battle that will bring his kingdom back to the earth. Here's the fun thing about it all. We don't have to sing a, swing a sword, unfortunately, because I know some of us want to swing a sword real bad. I get it. Some of us want to lay out the wrath. We just want God. We, we'll, we'll probably sit there, Jesus, just don't... Don't take Satan quite yet. Let me have one crack at him. We'll just be happy we're there. We'll just be happy we're on the winning side. But we'll be following him and we'll be seeing these things with our very own eyes. I can't imagine what that's going to be like when it starts out. Can you imagine? Just, to, just think about Let's play this out a little bit. You know, we're at the... Because I believe we'll be at the marriage supper at the Lamb. And, and, and doing that, and it's like, you know, you might, I'm, this is just movie Hollywoodized, all right? So understand that. I could just maybe see, you know, Jesus at the table. Ding, 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 ding. Standing up. I have an announcement. It's time to go. Count up. And then we all get on our horses and, you know, all right. Flying through the sky. Be interesting, won't it? All right, enough Hollywood, right? He will do it as he plans it, all right? You know, regarding these things, you know, sometimes we have, like I say, we have wonderful ideas and crazy ideas and all that. Here's what I've come to realize about the end times and these things. God will perform it the way he's planned it. Sometimes we try to figure it out too much. But let's just let him do it. Question number two, kind of in a sense, what will happen upon the second coming of Christ? What will Jesus do when he returns? First, we see that he will defeat the Antichrist and his armies. 
the rejecting Antichrist, the other rejecter or the other rulers of the earth, the armies that have gathered together to defeat Christ will be defeated themselves. You see that in Scripture. We've read that enough times. We also see that Christ will regather and restore Israel. This is a promise throughout the Bible. It's a vow that God has made, and uh, it's even beginning and taking place today. God's working behind the scenes in that whole situation. We also see that Christ will judge the living. When Christ returns, all Gentiles alive on the earth who survived the tribulation will stand before him to determine if they can enter the kingdom. Matthew 25 speaks of this. This is called the judgment of the sheep and goats, which indicates that there will be people who walk through the whole time of tribulation, who get through the whole tribulation, in, in a sense, without having to take the mark, without having to bow their knees to the Antichrist, but somehow they make it through it all um, and, 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 and are able to stand before the king and, and be called a sheep. Christ will also gather all the living Jews and determine who can enter into the kingdom. You can look into Ezekiel chapter 20 if you want to read more about that. Another thing that will happen is Christ will bind the devil. This will be one of the first things Jesus does after his return is to bind Satan. The Bible says that a mighty angel will seize him and cast him into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. And we know that after, um, he, will, he will be released for a brief time after that. But Revelation chapter 20 and verse 2, it says, He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. The Bible says that also Christ will establish himself as king. He will come and he will sit on a glorious throne and reign over the earth. The Bible said in verse 16 of Revelation 19 that on his robe and on his thigh he has written King of kings and Lord of lords. Every knee will bow to him. Every knee will bow to him. Everyone will have to surrender to him. There'll be no choice. In fact, everyone will because they will see his might and his power and his glory. What are the signs of the second coming of Christ? As Jesus said, we're not going to know the hour or the day, but God does give us signs of what his second coming is about to bring. You can look through and read the, the, the descriptive list or the list found in in, in Matthew chapter 24, the list includes deceptions, and we're seeing that today. We've seen that for hundreds, even thousands of years. Deceptions, people coming and saying, I am the Christ. People coming and saying, I am the Savior. People coming and saying, look at me. We're seeing it more and more today in our world. There's a lot of deceptions going on in our world today, not just simply in the church not just simply in the area of Christianity and faith, but in many areas of life. There's deceptions going on. The list includes wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilences. The list includes a worldwide persecution of Christians. 
There is coming a day, folks. Possible coming a day when you and I may be jailed. You and I may be beaten. You and I may be even killed for our faith. That day may come sooner than we think. We see what's happening in our world today. Everything, or put it this way, many things that are good are declared bad. Many things that are bad are declared good. Many people who have ideas and morals are labeled as evil, destructive, dangerous. Any of the things that we hold dear to our hearts, if you were to share it out in the world today, it would be canceled. Even those who are not Christians, have you seen it? Even those who are not Christians, but who want to stand for something, they're facing the persecution of what comes with it. But there's going to be a worldwide persecution, folks. We should not be surprised when the world doesn't like us. We should not be surprised when the world treats us differently. God says it's going to happen. We should not be surprised when we're treated different, differently even compared to other religions, other faiths. I put that in quotation because there's only one. We should not be surprised when they look at us and say, you're dangerous. But they may look at somebody else from a different religion and accept what they say, what they do. Because understand this morning, faith in Jesus Christ, walking in Jesus Christ, is in the kingdom of light. It's in the kingdom of God. Everything else is in the kingdom of darkness. We're going to see that taking place, and I know that we are, we've seen it in other areas of the world, but I believe that we're going to see it in Canada, North America, and that we're going to be facing it. We're going to be seeing apostasy and betrayal amongst Christians. People are going to turn against one another. We're going to see false prophets and cults. We're going to see the love of God growing cold. I also believe that we're going to see a great revival. The details of these things are not so important as understanding and discerning the times that we are living in. We can see it all around us. There's always conflicts that are going on in our world today. We can see there's always different things like earthquakes and famines and tsunamis and even pestilences, which are what, you know, whether or not we, 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 we look at COVID and are, are, are concerned about it, it is a pestilence upon our world, whether it is man-made or not. It's a pestilence that has come against humanity. The details are not so important. It's more important that we just understand and discern the times that you and I are living in. So that we are not caught off guard. 
And here's the encouraging part that I want to share with us today. As sure as we know that Jesus Christ came the first time, we can be certain he is coming again. And the Bible speaks to that in Matthew 24, verse 42. It says, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord will come. But know this, that if the owner of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not let his house be broken into. Therefore you must also be ready, for in an hour when you least expect, the Son of Man is coming. Luke 21 verse 5 says there, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men fainting from fear and expectation. How many people today are living in a place of fear? Many, yes, lots. Walking in a place of anxiety. Really, the anxiety is fear. Because we don't know what's coming, we don't know what's going to happen, so we get anxious. There are thousands, millions of people in Canada who are living in a place of fear because they see everything that is happening and they don't understand it. There's even Christians who live in a place of fear because they're not realizing and understanding that the things that are happening in our world today are happening because it is in the timetable of God for His return. And so we walk in a place of anxiousness, not knowing that, yes, these signs are on the outside, in the physical, in the natural. They're uncomfortable. They're not fun. But in our spirit, when we look and examine what the Scriptures say, it should give us hope. It should give us faith. It should inspire us because we know he's coming. Men fainting from fear and expectation of what is coming on the inhabited earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and glory. Look at verse 28, what it says there. When these things begin to happen, Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is drawing near. Folks, we may be going through some difficult times right now. We may be struggling right now with some of the things that are happening. We may be uncomfortable right now. We may be in a place of even pain or, 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 or distress in our lives because of the things that are happening. But I want us to understand this morning that we can look up, we can lift up our heads, and we can look in hope because Jesus Christ is coming back again. And you and I can understand that our salvation is around the corner. You and I stand in a place of salvation here, and of course with Christ giving us his life, but I want us to understand today, there is coming a salvation where we will no longer worry about anything. There is coming a place where all pain will be gone, all tears will be gone, all trouble will be gone, 
All heartache will be gone. Everything will be taken care of. The enemy will be destroyed. Death will be destroyed. Sickness will be destroyed. The whole of evil will be destroyed. And we will stand in a glorious place knowing that we are with the King of Kings forever. And we do not have to worry or faint any longer. Jesus Christ came back the first time to make that possible for you and I. And he came back the first time to make it possible so that he could come back the second time to bring us into a place of eternity with him. So my encouragement to you today, when we sing songs like Joy to the World, when we sing songs like Silent Night, sing a song like Away in the Manger, or as we were talking about on Wednesday night at music practice, Mary's Boy Child. How many like that song? Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ. I won't sing it for you. I'll spare you. When we're sitting down and eating the turkey or whatever we're doing, Christmas loaf, we're sitting around the tree opening presents or with family. Your wife drives you crazy decorating your house, making everything so impractical. Looks beautiful. Looks beautiful. And you, we're celebrating this Christmas season. And we're celebrating it's coming the first. Let us remember he's coming the second. Celebrate as well. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. Most important thing for us to do in all of this is be ready. Be ready. 